as Christian women, when we're modeling to our children, if only 12% of us are teaching that it's okay to fail, the other 88% are too scared and are modeling the need for perfection. Failure is one of our best teachers. While working with my teenage boys in the cottage, I learned that kids needed a safe environment to fail. Um, Because if we saved them from every experience and sent them on their way after graduation into adulthood, they were going to fail. And then how would they know how to handle that? Um, So we provided that safe place. We let them learn. We, We helped them pick themselves up and brush themselves off and try it again because we have to learn through those failures. Did you know, very interesting, Walt Disney was fired from his first newspaper job because he had no imagination. That's, that's what his boss told him. Did you know that the cleaning formula or the cleaning product formula 409 is called 409 because it took 409 times to get it right? Thomas Edison failed 1,000 times to make the light bulb. And a reporter asked him, he said, and when a reporter asked him about that, he said, I didn't fail. It took, my light bulb took 1,000 steps. Michael Jordan didn't make the varsity basketball team his sophomore year because his coach told him he wasn't good enough. We all fail. And, you know, God doesn't promise us that life is going to be easy. I don't think any of us raised our hand at the prayer of salvation we wanted to get saved because we expected a perfect life. He didn't give us the Bible with a bunch of perfect women and men represented in those pages and say, be just like these people, do it right or don't do it at all. In fact, you know, the Bible is full of stories, true stories of men and women who screwed up. They messed up. They made wrong decisions. They said the wrong thing time and time again. And consequently, they learned about God's power, about his love, about his forgiveness. They learned through the whole process. You know, one of the things I've learned as a Christian, and I celebrate like 39 years in November, I will have been a Christian, um, One of the most ridiculous ploys that the enemy uses is to convince us that if we're going through a hard time, we must be doing something wrong. Because if we're going through a hard time, we're not not doing something right. God isn't in it. God isn't with us. You know, he's left me. Um, We're going through this test or this storm or this, you know, whatever. And often, sadly, we fall for that. We hide behind shame or embarrassment or pride. And we don't ask for prayer. We don't talk about it with a friend. Um, We don't ask for help. Because what would people think if they knew that I was going through this? What would they think? So I want us to to see that holding on to hope that our God is with us and that he's going to get us through every storm we encounter and that we have to believe that we're going to be better for it and stronger for it. So let's look at Paul 
If you have a Bible, if you'll open up with me to Acts 27. Acts 27 is about Paul who's sailing to Rome, a place that he's wanted to go to for a long time, incidentally. Do you have something or some place that you've wanted to go for a long time? When Paul finally gets the opportunity, he's in custody. He's in the hands of a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius. And verse 2 says, And embarking in a ship of Adramitium, which is about to sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea, accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. Later in verse 7 it says, And as the wind did not allow us to go farther, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Simone. Coasting along it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens, near which was the city of Lycia. Verse 9, since much time had passed and the voyage was now dangerous because even the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I perceive that the voyage will be with injury and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Make a note here. They chose to listen to the ones who knew the business rather than listen to the man of God. And it goes on. And because the harbor was not suitable to spend the winter in, the majority decided to put out to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, a harbor of Crete, facing both northwest and southwest and spend the winter there. So when the south wind blew gently, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, they weighed anchor and sailed along Crete, close to the shore. But soon, a tempestuous wind, called the Northeaster, struck down from the land. And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave to it and were driven along. Verse 16. Running along under the lee of a small island called Cauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting it up, they used supports to undergird the ship. Then fearing that they would run aground on, on the Sirtis, they lowered the gear and thus were driven along. And since we were violently storm-tossed, they began the next day to jettison the cargo. They let it go. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and no small tempest lay on us, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. Since they had been without food for a long time, Paul stood up among them and said, Men, you should have listened to me and not set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart. For there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sell with you. 
So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run underground, un, aground on some island. Verse 27, when the fourteenth night had come, as we were being driven across the Adriatic Sea, about midnight the sailors suspected that they were nearing land, so they took a sounding and found twenty fathoms. And a little farther on they took a sounding again, and it was fifteen fathoms. And fearing that we might run on the rocks, they let down four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. So at this point in the story... A crash is inevitable. You know it's one thing to be told that you're going to go through a storm, but it's another to actually get caught in one. In Texas, we have bad thunderstorms, and they last a few hours. We have hurricanes, and they might last a few days. Paul was in this terrible storm for 14 days on a boat, on a ship, in the middle of absolutely nowhere. So verse 30, and as the sailors were seeking to escape from the ship and had lowered the ship's boat into the sea under pretense of laying out anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay in the ship, you cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it go. They all had to stay, regardless of the storm, in order to be saved. Their hope was in the words of Paul at this point. And they were probably saying to one another, he said he heard from an angel. At the beginning of chapter 27, they started this long voyage and everything appears to be business as normal. You know, a lot of people start things. They have starting power. Power to start diets. Power to start New Year's resolutions. Exercise programs, devotionals, books. We start a lot of things. Um, but you know what's going to work is what we stay with. We, if we stay at walking every morning, if we stay with the eating plan that we've made, if we stay with the book that we've started, if we stay with that devotional that we've started, we're going to grow and we're going to get somewhere. We have starting, we have leaving and we have staying. You know, the greatest power is often not in what you have faith to start, but it's in what you have faith to stay with. We think, when we think about storms in the Bible, we think about Peter. He gets a lot of credit because he's in a boat and gets out of the boat in the middle of the water. <clears throat> but I think that Paul needs to get some credit here in, in Acts 27. Because he stayed. He believed that if he was called to the other side and that angel told him to stay, that he was going to be okay. That he was going to get to the other side. Paul wanted to go to Rome. And he was headed to Rome. You know, we have to have the faith to believe that God will get us where we need to go even when we don't get to choose our transportation. Paul was headed to Rome. That's where he wanted to go. He had wanted to go there for a really long time, but given the option, I bet he would not have chosen a boat tossed trip in a 14-day storm as a prisoner in chains, and not the kind of chains that we sing about. They were physical chains, and he was in a literal storm, but he had an appointment with God. 
God's taking us somewhere, you and me, and he's moving us forward. And when we pray about something in our lives, we don't get to choose how we're going to get there. We just trust in him that he's going to get us there. Paul had an appointment, and we have an appointment. So what happens is that we have an appointment, but then getting to that appointment, we get disappointed. We get disappointed in people, or in the transportation, or in the circumstances. We get lost in the weeds of all of that, and we forget about our destination. We ask God for something, and then we get upset when he gets us there by a way that is uncomfortable. It wasn't on our agenda. This past spring, our small group read Crushing by T.D. Jakes. And it's a really powerful read. I highly recommend it if you haven't read it yet. And the author uses a very profound analogy. God is the vintner, the person who makes the wine, grows the grapes, makes the wine. And we're the grape. And the vintner's goal is to produce the best wine. It takes the right soil, the water, the sunshine, the pruning to grow that very best-tasting grape. But how does that grape become wine? It's through the crushing. Sometimes we go through circumstances that feel like we're being crushed. Sometimes they're because of our own bad decisions. Sometimes it's a trap Satan has laid and we've got tangled up. But sometimes, sometimes that crushing is the process that God is taking us through to grow us as a Christian. A quote from T.D. Jakes in The Crushing says, When the Master gives us the vision of what he's going to do in our lives, he shows us the mountain peaks while he hides the valleys. If you saw the climb you would have to endure to get to the mountaintop, you would abandon the entire trip. So just like Paul, we have an appointment. Whether it's climbing a mountaintop or getting caught in a storm or in some other meaningful situation, something else really interesting about the series of events in Acts 27 is that Paul believed the angel's words, that they would live, and even though they had already endured a 14-day storm, things were still going to get worse. He knew that because the angel told him the ship was going to be lost. So Paul is telling the men on the ship to stay with the ship, but he's already been told by the angel that the ship is going to break apart. As Christians, we ask ourselves, How can God call us to stay with something that's breaking? I quote Steve Furtick and say, Yet it's staying with the breaking that produces the blessing. It's staying with the breaking that produces the blessing. These were very profound words to me when I heard them. Sticking with the hard stuff, hoping that it will be all worth it on the other side. Sometimes as a house parent of eight teenage boys, there were definitely times I wanted to quit. The storm was too tough. The mountain was too high. 
but God wouldn't let me go. He knew what the boys needed more than I did. Sometimes it was life with a broken heart for them. Psalms 51:17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despise. Broken and contrite heart, when my heart is breaking, it's something important that I abide in his love so that I can experience his love in a greater measure. So for Paul, it was a broken boat. You may not have a broken boat. You may have a broken heart. You may have a lost job or a crushed relationship, the need for direction. We are all experiencing storms, and sometimes our boats are breaking. But we have to hope that God is with us and that he will turn everything out for his good and his glory. One of my favorite Steve Burdett's quotes is this. It's not what you go through that determines where you end up. We may experience bitterness or trauma or abuse, neglect, judgment, anxiety, fear, unmet needs. But he says it's who you listen to. Paul said, I told you, but they didn't listen to him. When you get blown off course, you have to decide, who will I listen to? What will I guide by? There were a couple of times at Boys and Girls Country that I was ready to leave. Let me just take my little family, leave all this heartache behind. But I knew, I knew that if it wasn't blessed by my father, I would be leaving without him. It's like the Israelites when they have had enough of this walking and wandering, and they're like, just let us go to the promised land. And God is up to here with them and says, okay, go, go. It's over there. Go. But I am not going with you. Those words stop me in my tracks. I pray I am never at a place where I'm willing to go anywhere without God. And for those hard seasons... As a teaching parent at Boys and Girls Country with those eight rascally boys, that, that's what kept me there because I wasn't called to leave. So again, it's not what you go through that determines where you end up. It's who you listen to. So Paul said we shouldn't sell. We should harbor here. And they should have listened to him. They didn't want to stay where it wasn't desirable, and instead they rode out into something that would almost destroy them. In verse 20, it says that they lost their reference point. There were no sun or stars for days and that they lost hope. Sometimes we feel like things are never going to change. We feel hopeless. But Paul stands up and knows that God will get him to Rome. It's not what you go through that determines where you end up. It's who you listen to. Every day we walk in the valley between two voices, wisdom or worry, faith or blame, gratitude or grumbling. There are some storms in our lives that could have been avoided. We blame the devil, but sometimes it's a decision. Ask Jonah. He had an appointment, and God was going to get him there. 
Paul said, and an angel told him that he was going to get to Rome. So do we listen to our angel or our enemy? We've got to hope for greater things. So in Acts 27, we see the bigger the storm, the greater the stories. And it's true for us. We've got an angel, and we have an appointment. We have hope. So he said that he would never leave me or forsake me, and that he would get me through every storm. We have to practice faith, and we have to practice that hope. Paul said to all on the ship, if you stay, you're going to be saved. Think about this. Jesus stayed. The men at the foot of the cross said, come down, do something amazing. But you know what? He stayed, and he did something way more amazing. We have to stay in the storm and learn what God has for us. Stay praising that that's our survival. The word says if we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. Stay encouraged when the storm is raging. Stay optimistic when the world is pessimistic. Stay expectant when you're feeling disappointed. Stay sweet when the world is sour. God prunes the vine so that we can bear more fruit. God has chosen us and is using us to witness to others, to model what it looks like to keep the faith and stay in the storm, believing you will get to the other side. We all go through storms. I've heard it said that we're either just out of a storm, in the middle of a storm, or about to go into a storm. But Jesus will always be with us. Life isn't easy. But we don't have to live like the storm has gotten the best of us. We are the messenger to his children. We are the vessels to spread his word, to spread his love. Hold on to the hope that we will overcome. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. Thank you for your mercy, your forgiveness. Thank you for hope. Lord, I pray that if there's anyone here today that feels hopeless, Lord, I pray that you would touch them now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, fill them with your fruit. Lord, give them joy and peace and kindness and love. Give them hope. Lord, if there's someone here birthing a dream to do something great and needs the courage to get it started, Lord, I pray you would touch her. Give her the courage to dare to dream and the willingness to give herself permission to fail and learn from that failure. Lord, I pray for the lady who feels crushed. Lord, I pray for restoration. Father God, for every woman in this room, every family represented, Lord. Father God, I thank you for them. I thank you for your word and your work in their lives. Lord Jesus, fill us with your hope today. In Jesus' name, amen.